This is Wessler Media. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. Hey, this is Pastor Doyle from The Church Next Door, and uh, I hope you're enjoying some Christmas music. I hope you're getting in the Christmas spirit. Uh, what I love about Christmas is it's an invitation to listen and to believe. All the Christmas music reminds me that there's something about the gospel that needs to be heard. And then most of the, the Christmas songs, even the secular ones, invite you to believe. Think about that. Where did they get this? Well, I believe that it's actually rooted in the Christian heritage. The Christian invitation is listen and believe. That truly is the message of Paul. That's what we're going to talk about today on Your Next Step. We're going to take the time to look at how when Paul became a disciple of Jesus, everywhere he went, he said, listen to the good news of Jesus. So listen to the gospel and believe. So Christmas is actually a celebration of listening and believing. And today, what you and I want to do is we want to learn from Paul, and we want to begin to imagine the people around us listening, listening to the gospel, but not just hearing it as background music like that Christmas music in the in the store, but but taking it up front. And let's pray right now that that's what they'll do, that they'll begin to really take it in. Lord, we pray that this Christmas season that we will see uh, people come to know you, that the background music of Christmas would come to the forefront, and that they would hear that Jesus is the Messiah, born in the manger. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There was a young disciple of Jesus named Stephen, and Paul was part of the insurrection to kill this young man. He admits later that he held all their coats so their arms would be free to throw stones and murder this boy who proclaimed Jesus was the Messiah. What really upset them was that Stephen said that God is so great, so glorious, so wonderful that he does not want to worship in a building. He wants to worship through and in humanity who he built. That your body is the temple that God wants to worship through. And they stoned him for saying it. And Paul held their coats. What you and I have to understand about Paul is this. He was trying to love God with all his heart, with all his mind and all his strength. But he missed God in the midst of that. And it's a telling story for you and I because we can really try it. We want to worship God, but we still miss God. I mean, there's no indication that Paul ever got to set on a hillside in Galilee and hear Jesus teach. He never sat at Jesus' feet like Mary at Bethany because in his world, that would be unthinkable. Can I tell you, some of us, there was a time in our life it was unthinkable that we would come to church. Sunday morning is too primo a time for me to waste in church. 
And look at us now. Paul opposed Jesus because he thought he was doing the right thing to oppose Jesus. Paul was on a mission with papers from the Pharisees of Jerusalem to destroy the Jesus followers in Damascus. And while on his way there, God interrupted him and gave him an invitation to follow Jesus too. He's totally transformed by that experience. God stopped him. God stopped him in his opposition. God stopped him in his anger and his cynicism and forgave him and gave him a new life. In Acts chapter nine, it tells the story of how a bright light showed up and God said, Saul, Saul, why, why, why do you persecute me? He says, who is this? It's Jesus, the one you're persecuting. He says, I need you to go to Damascus. Stay with a man. And I'll show you what to do. And Paul accepts that invitation. Scripture says that he was, he was blinded by that experience and they had to lead him by the hand to Damascus. But for the rest of Paul's life, after that experience, he told everyone that if you will accept Jesus, you will be a citizen of heaven. See, Paul understood now that the most important citizenship you could have was not to be a part of the Jewish community, not to be a part of Rome, but to be a citizen of heaven as a follower of Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. Look what it says in your notes. It's in Acts 9. It says that Paul was so changed he had to share that Jesus is Messiah. Hold it. I'm sorry. To see. Forgive me. It says in Acts 9, 10, it says, In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called him in a vision. Ananias? Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. What Ananias does is remarkable. Ananias is just a Jesus follower in Damascus, and, and God speaks to him in a vision. He says, hey, Ananias, I need you to go to Straight Street and pray for this guy. And, and think about that. Can you imagine if God asked you to go pray for somebody? If God said, hey, I need you to go I need you to go uh, knock on your neighbor's door and pray for them. And you say something like, you gotta be kidding, that's the neighbor that hates me. He complains about my dog. And every time I'm out, he has some nasty remark to say. Well, for Ananias, Saul was the one. Paul was the one that was trying to destroy the Jesus followers. And, and Ananias is like, God, you gotta be crazy. God says, no, I'm working on him. I've given him an invitation and you are the end of that invitation. And Paul, on the other side of it, he's, 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 at, he's at Judah's house and God speaks to him. The, the Bible tells us that for three days he wouldn't need anything. He was fasting. He was praying and he was seeking God. He could not see. And he's like, God, I don't understand. This is too crazy. And God says, I'm going to send someone to you by the name of Ananias and he's going to pray for you and he's going to open your eyes. 
And when I read that story, I see something that's really remarkable. And it's this idea that you and I were called into community, that what God wants to do in our lives, he doesn't want to do with us singly. He wants to do it as a part of God's community. See, God could have, God could have spoken to Paul directly. We know that because he already did that. He could have transformed his life. And this is what you and I do. We sit, we sit and we say to God, well, God, you know, you can do it. I don't need to go to church. I don't need anybody else. But God says, no, I need you to see that you do need others. See, this is why Jesus came in the flesh. God has always used the community human element to heal us. The world is desperate for hope in the midst of community. It is not enough for you to sit at home alone and know the peace of God. It needs to permeate beyond you and to other people. And when Paul said, okay, I'll, I'll go get to know these Jesus followers, he was submitting to becoming a part of community. And when Ananias was going to, see, sometimes we need, just need to say yes to God. We have to say yes to rubbing elbows with other people. And what it does, when you and I say yes to God, it does open our eyes. And sometimes people can see things that we can't see and they help us see. That's what community is about. It says that, that Paul was so transformed by this experience that, that, that he heals him. Immediately he says, what else do I need to do? They say, well, you need to be baptized in water. They take him and they dunk him in water. And he, he's, he comes out and he's, he's like, oh man, this is awesome. Then they lay hands and they pray over him and he receives the Holy Spirit. What they're talking about in Acts 2 in terms of Pentecost and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And now he's empowered to be a witness. And he can do, he's so charged. He's got to share with everybody about Jesus. Look what it says in, 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 in Acts 9, 19. Just a few verses follow. It says, Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on this name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. These guys were like confused about the transformation in Paul's life. Let me ask you a question. How has your life changed since coming to know Jesus? See, Paul was an angry man. Paul was one who, who, who made lists of right and wrong, and he tried to live up to some list, some standard. Yes, he took most of it from God, but much of it he took from man's understanding, and he just realized that was not working. What I love about the story of Paul is that he realized that the gospel of Jesus was not just to save you. See, the gospel of Jesus was not given. Jesus did not rise from the dead just to give you eternal life in heaven. Paul understood that, that Jesus' message was to transform you. Where there was hatred, Paul received forgiveness and new life. He went from being a murderer to a teacher of the love and the way of Jesus Christ. See, Jesus did not go to the cross and, and, and to the grave and beyond just to give you eternal life. 
Is that part of it? Yes. But Jesus went to the grave and to the cross so that you and I could be transformed, so that God could heal that brokenness within us, so that God can restore us and give it. Listen, this is what I know about Jesus. Jesus cures addiction. Jesus heals the brokenness of your soul. Jesus can take where you have been abused, forsaken, and rejected, and he gives you acceptance and love and new life. See, what Paul preached wherever he went was this. Jesus is the way, and Jesus will give you a new life. He will allow, help you to be self-controlled, full of the Holy Spirit, and, and alert for life. How are you different today because of Jesus? Because if you know that, then you can tell other people. There are people in the world around you who need to hear your story. They need to hear about how God healed your marriage, how God gave you new life, how God rescued you, how God has restored you. Some of you have been healed of cancer. Some of you have been healed of a brokenness that you tried to, to answer with alcohol that never would work. Jesus is the only God that can heal the brokenness in our lives. And that's what Paul did wherever he went. That's what he shared with all people. I want to I give you Paul's kind of methodology wherever he went. Paul was an inviter. See, Paul saw that God invited him to have a ringside seat. And so wherever he went, he invited other people to have a ringside seat. And what he wanted to leave behind was this idea, whoever follows the way, whoever follows Jesus, that you would be an inviter too. You've got to share this. And Paul's methodology was to share publicly and house to house. What does that mean? When Paul entered one of these Roman cities, and what's amazing about Paul, God had been working in his life and preparing him just to be this evangelist, this church planter, wherever he went, because he knew the Roman city, he knew the Roman world, but he also know, knew the Old Testament, and he knew Jesus and the work of Jesus, and he could combine all of this. He could walk into a city, he could go to a synagogue, he could go to a public square, he could go to a city park. This is his pattern, and he could preach about Jesus. Jesus publicly. And then he also met with them house to house in their communities, in their neighborhoods, and shared Jesus there. Look what it says in Acts 20, 20. It's one of my favorite scriptures. You know that I, Paul, have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. Folks, this is why we tell you here, we want you to be prepared when you go into Walmart to be able to talk about Jesus. Be praying as you're walking through, because who knows? In the midst of public, you might need to pray for somebody. God might lead you and say, this, this, this dad needs encouragement. This mom needs encouragement. This person needs to hear a voice from you. Speaking of God's love, Paul did that wherever he went. Some of you know our mission statement here at the church next door is moving people closer to God. And that at the core of that, we want to do it publicly and house to house. This week, Jesus, Jennifer had to go and get a new phone. Hers was not working properly, and so everyone here knows that pain. I gotta get a new phone pain. 
And so she goes into the phone store and she says, my phone is dying. It's not working. I got to get a new phone. And, and she says, I need, I need it to be able to take really good pictures and I need it to be able to take good video. I need a good phone, you know? And he says, well, why, why do you need that? She says, well, I, in a few weeks, I'm going to Africa. He said, you're going to Africa. Why are you going to Africa? He said, she, she says, well, our church has built an orphanage in Africa. And I'm going to go uh, see the orphanage and check on it. She said, they're going to they're start, to, the kids are moving in and, and all this stuff is happening at the orphanage. And I just want to check on that. And she said, this young man at the phone store begins to tear up. He said, oh man, I would love to do something meaningful like that. I would love to be a part of something meaningful like that. What a cool job. She says, well, come be a part of the church next door and you can do something meaningful like that. Now, Jennifer comes out of that meeting on the phone and she goes to see another friend of ours that goes to another church, someone we love, loves Jesus all on on God. She says, I got to tell you about this neat experience I had with a phone guy and how I, and, 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 and she's telling the story I just told you and our friend says, oh my gosh, that just gives me goosebumps. She said, that's really meeting people right where they are. And Jennifer said, well, that's the vision statement of the church next door. She said, oh my gosh, that gives me more goosebumps. <laughs> she said, yeah, that's our, that's our vision. We want everybody in the church to meet people right where they are with the love of Jesus, the way Jesus did. Because Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, he just accepted people right where they were. He didn't have to be anything special. It didn't matter if you were a prostitute. It didn't matter if you were a teacher of the law. It didn't matter if you were a fisherman. It didn't matter if you were a man or you were a woman. It didn't matter if you were a Jewish or a Gentile. Jesus always met people right where they are. He loved them and he invited them to live a different life a life under the leadership of God, where God makes the decisions. See, that's what you and I are doing. That's what this place is about. And you need to know something. Right now, we're on about a 10 or 11 of intensity over the next few weeks. We need everybody in, everybody helping, because you are and I am the best messengers of the Jesus way of life. Paul had this pattern because he was a life transform. He said, we have an obligation to share. In Romans 10, 13 to 15, it says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the name of the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? And as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. What Paul is saying is this. He's saying simply, you know, if, if you and I, who've, who've known the salvation of Jesus, if we don't go and share, how else are they going to know? And he says it's the most beautiful thing you can do to share your faith with other people. Recently, recently, Kathy Lee, Kathy Lee Gifford was on TV, and she's talking about how, how Jesus changed her life and how much God has done for her. And they said, why do, you, why do you always talk about Jesus, Kathy Lee? She said, well, come on. If I knew the cure for cancer, I would tell you. I would tell you. And I've got the cure for the brokenness within your soul. And I'm just, I just want to share it with as many people as possible. You can listen or you don't have to listen. But I've got to share. That's Paul. 
That's Paul. And wherever Paul went, he invited you and I in the church to share. And in this season, people are especially open to receiving that message. I think about Paul and I think about every time he rolled into a city and what compelled him to, to share. And one of the things had to be pushing on him was this memory of standing there and holding the coats while he's watching Stephen die. He had heard how eloquently Stephen spoke. And I imagine it, it caused him to think, I've got to share the message clearly and compellingly the way Stephen did. Because of me, he's not alive. I know that feeling. I was in junior high, I had this Bible class at school and the teacher was asking us questions about our spirituality, our life, and he asked for hands. And I look around the room and no one else is raising their hand and I didn't raise my hand. I knew the answer and I was all in on that, but I just couldn't do it then and there. And I remember walking out in the hallway and leaning up against my locker and say, oh God, forgive me. I'm so sorry I was ashamed of you. And I will never let that happen again. And it, is, it has changed me. And I imagine it changed Paul. And wherever Paul went, he challenged the Christ followers. That's why he planted so many churches. That's why so many of the people went and shared with other people. They even went to the point of death. Look at this last principle of Paul. Hearing is the key to believing. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning by the means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain? If it really was in vain? So again, I ask, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by your believing what you heard? So also Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. What's Paul talking about? What Paul is talking about is that many of us, we come to know Christ, we believe in Christ Jesus as our savior because someone shares that message with us. We hear it and we say, okay, maybe God could have, have enough love for me that God could forgive me and give me a new life. And so we accept Jesus and immediately we step into eternity. But then you know what we do? Then we begin to believe that the other broken places in our life, the other things that need to be heal, healed, the other things that need to be dealt with, that somehow we're going to do them by us being good and making a list of things to do. And Paul said, oh, foolish Galatians, you cannot do that. You cannot think that the rest of the work of God in your life is going to be solved by knowledge and understanding a list. He said, nope, you have to go back to that same Holy Spirit that brought you life and salvation. If you will listen to the Holy Spirit, he'll bring healing to your life. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. If you'll pray with me right now, I believe that God's going to move, that God's going to change some lives, that God is going to transform the world in which we live in. And so I invite you right now, let's just, let's do this together. Let's not waste any more time. Let's just 
bow our heads and go before God and enter into heaven. Let's pray for people that need freedom today. Let's think about the people that uh, need God to set them free. Lord, while we're together today, we want to pray today um, what you said, the Isaiah scroll that you read in, in Luke 4. You said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to bind up the brokenhearted, to set the captive free, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. God, we are praying for freedom today. God, there are people in our lives and in our world who need freedom, freedom from addictions, freedom from habits, freedom from ungodly things. There, there are people in our community that are bound. And right now we see the chains broken through your anointing. And now this is what we're praying, God. We're praying that the people that we know that need deliverance and freedom, that you'll bring it. We, we lift them before you right now. We have family members, neighbors, co-workers, classmates, people that need deliverance. And yes, God, that deliverance may be connected to a broken heart, an abuse, or a hurt in the past. And so we're asking you to come in and begin to make it clear that you love them, heal their broken heart, break the chain and the bond over their life, be their bondage breaker, because, Lord Jesus, it is the good news that your grace sets us free. And so today, these sins will be forgiven. The chains will be broken. They will be set free. We come in Jesus' name because that is the name above all names. May they be set free today in his name. Amen. You know, I know, I know that that prayer was good and that you were a part of that. But I want to take you to the next step because that's what we're all about here, right? So would you go to yournextstepnow.com? That's our website. And give us your email address. And we're going to give you our ebook. It's a prayer guide. This month, it's free. Know that it's free. It's not going to cost you. You just have to give me your email address. And then you and I can become prayer partners for the ministry. I need you to pray with me. Agree with me. Our world needs revival. We need you to become a prayer partner. This community needs you. So go to yournextstepnow.com, give us your email address, and get your free prayer guide ebook today. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of the Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at the church next door. Easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for your next step. I believe you're going to find people that have a genuine love for God and a genuine zeal for the truth. You don't have to dress super fancy. And it's so lively and it's so much fun and just you leave like, oh, so refreshed. And I know I keep saying family, but that's what this place is for me. It's family. I'm Doyle Jackson, pastor of the church next door. People keep telling me how good it is to worship God together again. Well, come join us. Visit us online at thechurchnextdoor.org. Stories are a way we relate to one another. It's hard to underestimate their importance. Wessler Media is here to help you preserve those stories that you hold dear. We'll produce a personal podcast 
an audio scrapbook that will preserve those memories for generations to come. Get in touch today. Call toll-free or text 1-833-38-STORY, 1-833-38-STORY, or visit wesslermedia.com. That's W-E-S-S-L-E-R media.com. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com.